A lot of creatives think that thinking creatively or waiting for something to pop out of the blue sky is, is how you get an idea. It's not. You have to go and look for it. And the best place to look is in the problem. Hello and welcome to the Hedgehogs vs. Foxes podcast. And you're listening to the Creative Director Series. People don't just end up successful out of nowhere. They go on a path full of ups and downs. In this series, we go on an inspiring journey with some of the most successful creative minds in the business. If you want to see the video version of the Creative Director Series, go to our website at hvf.ie or find us on YouTube. I'm Kevin Keenan, Creative Director of Glendalock Distillery. So can you tell us, what is a Creative Director? It's meant a couple of different things. So back when I was in agency world, uh, I suppose being a Creative Director was having small amounts of impact, let's say, relatively, on a lot of brands. Whereas now, with being in-house in a distillery, I have a big impact on one brand. So, and that impact really is getting our story straight, where we came from, what we stand for, all that kind of stuff, and then just steering where we're going based on that. Tell us, what did you study in college? Uh, I did visual communications in college, which was essentially graphic design with a slight business slant on it. Um, I don't think there was even, I think before then it, it was called commercial art or something like that. I don't even think the expression graphic designer was, was around. So I did visual communications. I left that and did corporate design. So very much graphic design for annual reports, all that kind of stuff. I kind of moved into marketing, below the line, through the line, stuff like that. Ended up in advertising and branding. Veered into probably the last, that, that was a 20 year stretch, let's say. And the last probably 10 years of that, a good chunk of it was drinks branding. So and drinks advertising. So for the likes of Jemison or Smirnoff or Tullamore Dew and beers like Budweiser, Carlsberg, Heineken, all those, the usual suspects. So yeah, I'd, I'd veered into drinks land and then, well, veered completely into drinks land to start my own one. There was five of us that started up. We'd kind of meet up and talk about whiskey and maybe starting our own. We'd done it a lot. Eventually we kind of put our money where our mouth was. Um, two of the lads were drinks analysts in a stockbrokers. Two of us were in ad agencies, one on the suit side, one on the creative side. And another guy, one, the fifth guy was a sales guy for another whiskey company. So we all kind of had different skill sets to bring to the table to kind of make up the whole. And yeah, eventually we didn't all jump ship. Uh, one of us did and the rest stayed in their jobs. I probably spent four or five years working weekends and nights on Glendalock before I went full-time into the business. We're eight years old, uh, we're still learning, but I feel like the first four or five years we did a lot of things the real hard way because you're, everything you're doing is for the first time. Um, so the last few years it's starting to feel a bit more like we've, we've got a good handle on it. Whiskey's doing amazing. Uh, in the US it's growing double digits, mostly led by Jemison. Um, gin was a surprise, uh, it kind of exploded on the scene um, and luckily we were in both businesses at the same time so they're, they're both naturally growing but you know our, our, uh, 
our job really is to outgrow the, the categories. The long-term plan, look, we always started from day one, we wanted to build a, uh, an iconic global brand. And we're starting to get there. We're in 40-odd countries now across three co continents. Um, and it's getting known in some of the countries, we, uh, tier one countries, let's say. Uh, we're starting to get a foothold and we're starting to s see the, the beginnings of what, what could be a globally uh, iconic brand. So tell us, what does an average day look like in your world? My average day, it's, it varies a lot. Uh, it, could be, it could be working on a, on a campaign for, for Paddy's Day in the US, for example. It could be, it could be deciding how we're going to bottle something. It could, be, it could literally be testing casks. Uh, so it's quite varied. Uh, I could be dealing with printers. Um, you know, we cross over a lot. I, I could be doing marketing strategy at some point or I could be working on production end or, you know, we're switching on new stills at the moment. So it's all hands on deck to get that stuff going. So it's not as sit at the desk and think about briefs uh, as it used to be, you know. How do you stay creative? Do you know what? I, I think, I think you just have to research. If you do what you like, you, you'll be creative about it. So even when I'm switched off, I'm reading whiskey magazines or you know looking at ingredients for gin or stuff like that. I'm interested in it. Uh, I'm not saying I'm always on, but if you're really interested in something and you like that subject, you will stay creative about it. Now, my dad, I remember telling me, any creative uh, pursuit needs 50% input and 50% output, let's say. I can't get anywhere near that level of, of uh, balance. So it's probably 90% output and 10% input. But like I said, if, if you like what you're doing and you're into it and you're interested in it, researching it keeps you creative, you know? What do you do to turn your mind off? How do, how do you relax when you're not busy being creative? The, the pressure to come up with an idea, um, for me, well, it's always there. It, and it's a different type of pressure to time pressure and deadlines. Uh, it's not a nice pressure, but I, I always find sitting around trying to think creatively is not the answer. Uh, th the answer to it is in the problem. And if you go into the problem and look and try and leave a trail of breadcrumbs back to where you want to be, you can, f you can find the answer in the problem to, to the... To the, an answer to the brief. Look, I, over the years I've painted, written, all sorts of creative outlets. At the moment I don't have time. Uh, I change nappies as my creative outlet at the moment. <laughs> so what's your favorite work by somebody else? Most recently, I really liked those seesaws they did on the Mexican border. Uh, it was just timely and topical and the right vibe for that problem. Um, I don't know who did it, but uh, that's probably my most recent favourite work. Um, my other favourite works creatively, I probably lean towards writers more than, you know, ad men or whatever. So, yeah, it would be like Hemingway or Bukowski or any of those guys. So tell us, what's your favourite movie or song or a piece of content? Do you know what? 
again, I don't know the name of the guy who wrote it, um, but I read a book called The Way of Whiskey. It's a guy traveling around Japan going to every uh, distillery. And just the way he writes about the Japanese countryside and even the, the approach that the Japanese have to creating, which we could all actually take a leaf out of. Um, yeah, it's a lovely book. And inspirational to the point of I can rip it off. <laughs> it's written so nicely about whiskey, you know. How do you go about striking the balance between earning money and being creative? I don't. Uh, I think for the most part, for 99.9% .9 of people, they are worlds apart and never the twain shall meet. I know a lot more poor artists than rich ones. And I know a lot more completely uncreative and non-arty rich guys than poor ones. Um, so I think they're two different things and I think you need to decide which it is you want to do. Uh, art is for yourself. Uh, commercial art, if you want to call it that, or any kind of commercial pursuit is, is that, is exactly that. It's a commercial pursuit. Um, the, the idea's boss is what will work, not what you think will be nice, is, is my opinion on it. So if you want to make money, I, I wouldn't get into art. Uh, you might make money in art, but I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't get into it as your sole purpose. And if you are trying to make art, I wouldn't work commercially. That's just how I feel about it. Some people can make it happen, but it's very, very rare. You know, you don't see a lot of Damien Hirsts running around. I think it was George Lois, that old ad guy from the 60s, said, if it doesn't make money, it's not creative. So that's how I feel about it. it I, I know I've just said they're completely separate, art and, and money, but in, when, you're, when you're working creatively in a commercial environment, they have to be the same thing. If, if it isn't commercial and it isn't going to make money, you haven't answered the brief. It's, you haven't been creative properly. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, what was the, oh, do what you like. It was the best advice I ever got. First time I heard it, I thought it was like, what, throw my clothes off and jump in a lake? But what that guy actually meant was find out what you like and work at that. Now, I recently heard another take on that which was, uh, if you, you know the old saying, if you do what you like, you'll never work a day in your life? Well, I, th I think the new version is, if you do what you like, you'll kind of be working all the time. <laughs> you know? And can you tell us, what's the worst piece of advice that you've ever received? The worst advice was probably the woman who ran the art college I went to. When I walked in there on day one with my portfolio, she told me to give up art. <laughs> so luckily I didn't listen to that. So how do you deal with creative block? There shouldn't be, I don't think there's a such thing as a creative block. I think you're just thinking wrong. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. But like I said, I think a lot of creatives think that thinking creatively or waiting for something to pop out of the blue sky is, is how you get an idea. It's not. You have to go and look for it. And the best place to look is in the problem. What's your proudest moment so far? Um, I'm not a massive fan of the awards and all that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, I'm much more a measure of how creative something is, is how well it's doing. And I suppose we launched new products, a rose gin uh, in Miami and LA last week at the same time. So 
that for me was a good signal of the brand that I created is working. Uh, and yeah, I was really proud. Having said that, I don't really have a lot of time to be proud because you're kind of onto the next thing and growing it more and doing the next thing. So yeah, I don't like to rest on the laurels either. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget there is plenty more to see and hear over at hvf.ie. Make sure to rate us and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. And we will see you at the next episode.